Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Now it's time for me to tell you what I was like, what happened and what I'm like now, including how and why I stay abstinent today. Um, okay, so my name is Holly. I'm a compulsive overeater and a hundred pounder. Um, I have uh, 19 years plus of abstinence. My abstinence is um, three meals a day, no sugar. And um, today it's sticking to a sober food plan. Um and keeping myself at a healthy body weight, keeping myself. Did you hear what I just said? No, <laughs> that's not what happens. And God keeps me at a healthy body weight. If I do all the other stuff, that, that all works out well. Um, so what it was like, um, ding loud at five. Okay, so I don't keep talking. I don't know why I'm stuck in that. Sometimes I get stuck in what it was like, but I want. I do want to give you a picture of what it was like, because it was, you know, I, I grew up back East and I was, um, in a small town and, um, picture that I was always, I was always 240 to 280 pounds. Okay. Now today I sit at about 138 and, and this, this has gone on for a long time, but if it, that's one thing. Okay. Uh, since I was an adult, somewhere between 240 and 280 pounds. That's where I walked around. Um, and <clears throat> I wanted nothing. I wanted nothing than to be invisible. Okay. There wasn't, you know, there was a lot of, I know that hundred pounders kind of know this because I think it's a universal thing, but I, I really, really, really got um, a lot of, negative feedback from people all, all the way through until in, until I came into program, but I got a lot of negative feedback and I was really, really shy and quiet. Um, I grew up with a mom who was schizophrenic um, and I was left with her. So I grew up in neglect. So I just wanted to be invisible. I was too, I couldn't even ask for help. You know, if I asked for help, that was disloyal to her. That's what I felt. So I couldn't, I couldn't really ask for help. If I, if I did, there was a fear that somebody would say no. See, that's another negative thing that I thought people would not help. So that carry that through the program and you'll see the differences here. So that's kind of how I grew up. And I, I moved out here when I was 30. And, you know, my story is such that I really always did have a relationship with God. I did not think about it at that time. When I look back on my life, I know I was completely carried through. I was safe. I was, I was like I said, there was nobody guiding me or watching me. Everybody had left. This is how it went. Everybody had left and left me with my mother. Okay. And um, it, it was not safe at all, but that's where I was. And I got through graduated, went to college, came out here when I was 30. Okay. I came out because I came out here to California because I literally couldn't stay in that small town 
anymore. I was working at my father's restaurant. Um, he, he was a diner. He was a diner. My father and my uncles um, owned this diner. So I worked there uh, for about eight years in between college and when I moved out here. And I just, I got that snap of an opportunity to come out to California. And of course that was God, but I got that snap of an opportunity and I did it. I, I came out. I don't know where that courage came from, but that's what happened. When I got here, of course, it was a completely different life. I started a new profession because I couldn't even get a cook's job. Okay. But I started a new profession. Um, and how to describe that? Like I was so afraid of people that I would have to eat in between each stop that I made at work. Okay. I'd be in the car. I'd be going to the next stop. I'd have to stop and eat and just push all that down. And, and thinking it was giving me courage, it was just pushing the fear down farther. Okay. I had to eat some more. I'd go to the next stop and the same thing would happen again. And this would go on all day long. All right. I was also an overworker. I worked in my first job out here. I worked like you wouldn't, how many, I can't even tell you. I remember once I worked 30 days without a, without a day off. I just kept going into work. I didn't know what else to do with myself. Um, I got into this program the first time through Al-Anon. I, I, again, just the weirdest circumstance brought me to Al-Anon. Thank you. Into a relationship with a drug addict and, and immediately felt crazy. Now that's not a good idea. Everybody don't try not to do that. Okay. Get into that relationship. But it was the first person that paid any attention to me. Right. So I came into OA for about two and a half years, but I, and I met some of you and some of you are still here. And I, I came and I sat for a bit and I visited with you and I liked the meetings. That was good. That was a good thing. But, and I, and I started an abstinence of three meals a day and no sugar. All that was good but I never worked with a sponsor for any length of time. So I had no base in the program. I, it was so easy for me that when I got into a good relationship, I was able to really easily and without much thought walk right back out of program. I was working my other program, but I walked out of OA. I don't, I can't even describe how that felt. It felt like nothing again, right? It wasn't even a conscious thing, but that's what happened pretty soon. I'm not going to any meetings anymore. So, um, having a good life. Okay. At that point I was in a nice relationship. Things were going well, uh, overworking to the max, to the max. Okay. We had a catering company out of our house. Um, and I did that for eight more years. I had to stay out for eight more years and stay and keep eating 240 to 280 pounds. That's just how it went. Right. I just diet down a little bit and I'd go right back up. So what happened was in August of 2002, um, in that whole summer, that whole summer was the weirdest thing. I had nothing in particular happened. I had, but I felt awful. I felt terrible. I had lost my, I had lost what, my, what felt like I lost my feelings. My feelings were gone. Um, I was working, came home, watched TV and ate. That's all I really did. The friends were gone. Friends had phased out. And I just felt, I felt like, like I, there was nothing left. I felt dead inside. Okay. 
So, it, and it, by the time I walked back in the program in August of 2002, I, it had nothing to do with the weight. I was so used to the weight itself that I, ne- I had lost all hope that I'd be any different. What it had to do with was the lack of, I felt this huge lack in my heart. And I was so, I, I just couldn't be that anymore. So what I did was, you know, the thought came, here comes God again. The thought came, why don't you go to back to OA and actually work the program? Like get a sponsor. I felt like I had so much stuff inside that I had to get out. So I did that. I, I came back in and I got a sponsor within a, about a month. I, I, you know, came and sat in meetings and looked around and, and I felt I got abstinent. Well, I let go of the extra, uh, the extra food, kind of organized my food right away. But I start, I started, I count my abstinence start as the first day I called the sponsor. It was September 28th of 2002. I called the sponsor and she immediately gave me writing assignments. Um, I'd call my food into her. That was all okay. That's it. That was fine. But I didn't know what that writing part was really. (laughs) But I did it. Like she gave me these things out right out of the big book, these lines, read this line and write. Okay. And I call her every day at 6 a.m. Tell her what I was going to eat. I was almost, I, I mean, I was, I was almost honest at that point. I know my sponsor always says there's either honest or dishonest, but I was on my way. I'm going to fight for this. I was on my way to honesty when I told her what I was going to eat. She was she was just lovely, and she was also a hundred pounder on her a hundred pounder on her way down. So that was all good. Um, felt re- very. Of course, she scared me, but I felt very, very much like a part of because we. She sponsored in the family method. I knew all my OA sisters, and we all hung out together. That's exactly what I needed. That is exactly what I needed. She also put me in service right away, and that helped me meet all of you. See, this is still, now the quiet one is starting to talk. Okay. And it was good. It was really good. And you know, the other part of it, well, I better not, I better not. Cause I always run out of time. Um, so I kept working and I worked with sponsors and I kept going and, you know, right in the beginning, when I was about a month in after I was calling her about a month, I was starting to, my head was clearing basically. And I asked her to help me with my food plan. So she did. We created a food plan for me. Just it's, you know, creating a food plan is like just a lot of, it's a lot of um, trial and error. Like what's going to work? We don't really know until we do it. Right. So I just started like, and I started losing weight. I didn't, I'd get on that scale in a month and I, and it was just a little bit lower. And I was. Eight minutes left, Holly. How many? Eight minutes. Okay. So I was really astounded at that because that's not, I was far past losing weight. I had no hope and it was actually kind of out of my head. So figure 46 years at 280 pounds. See, that's out of my head. I I was so used to being that, but I started to drop the weight and um, I got a lot of help. And like I say, I started to talk to people and work the steps went to a lot of meetings and did service. That's, that's the prescription that I used and that all worked really well. So then, you know, it got a little bit in and, you know, life started to happen. <laughs> life was happening and things started, it was very calm in the beginning, same job, same relationship, but things started to happen. And I ended up, um, having to, to, um, break up my relationship. I got more and more and more unhappy 
right? But now I'm feeling it. I'm feeling what's really authentic and true. Because, you know, given if I was still eating, do you know I'd still be in that relationship? And I would be five or 600 pounds. And I'd be in the same house. And I'd have zero feelings whatsoever. I'd just be, that's existence. It's not living to me. Now I have a, um, I have a, uh, I, now I feel like I'm living, right? So I'm, I love my, my closest and dearest people in my life are in this program. They know me like I can't, like I don't even know myself. So when it came time to do that, I, I went to women in the program. I went to my, at that time I was in a, in a funny sponsor relationship. It was one of the shorter term one, term ones. So I, and I wasn't entirely comfortable to be honest. So I went to other people. I went to other people in the program and they really helped me through. I worked the steps again through before I made a decision. That's kind of my other prescription. If I have a big decision to make. I, I don't do it. I, I do it very methodically and I make, and I work the steps through the issue and then I make the decision that usually works the best for me. Um, and I did at that time too. So like I say, 19, 19 and a half years of abstinence. So there's a lot of life in there. Let me tell you a little bit about what I do today, because that's probably what's the most important. I just had a big, big issue or had, I'm in the middle of a big issue, probably a little bit on the other end of it, but with work. Um, and have decided to, I gave notice to reduce my work to three days a week. That's, this is a simplified version, of course, but not to do what I was doing anymore because I was, there was, I was doing about two people's jobs. And I see this, this pattern keeps coming up. It's okay until it's not okay. So I went through the pandemic and my work just got, it was so steady and I just kept working and working. But when the, when the lock, when we start to live again, I'm realizing I'm working six days a week, every day with no vacations. So I started taking vacations. I just got back from one very late last night. But I'll tell you about that because it's so recent. By being abstinent and having a sober food plan, it's like that part, the food is out of the way. And of course, I stayed abstinent on my vacation. In fact, I did really well. Um, Today, I can ask for what I need. Today, I can ask, can I use the car to go to the grocery store when I'm in somebody else's house? I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. There's no, I don't pick up food today. I stay on my plan. Um, and I eat in a certain way. It's very, it's sober for me. And it helps me stay at the healthy body weight and helps keep my head quiet. I don't eat anything that stirs me up. So that being said, now I can live life. Right. So I know that I can tell you this description of this last week of vacation. Now, it's the second vacation I've had in two months. I'm trying to just catch up. I had to go see the family. Right. So I go to my my friend's house that very it, I'm I'm a part of their family, almost to an uncomfortable part. But I'm 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 a part of their family. And it's like I, I sit down in that house and I'm a part of. And all, there was three of us. There's my, me, my friend, and her brother. And we're, I could just see it. I could sit back and say, oh my God, all three of us are so quirky. We're so quirky. And we just went, it, you know, I have my habits. He has his habits. And my friend has her habits. 
And we just got along so well. And I did tons of walking. It was, it was a really fun vacation. But the thing is, I really, really stayed present in this vacation. I stayed present and I really tried to stay off the phone. I also did this when I was with my family. I visited my family um, a month Three ago. minutes. Three okay, more minutes. Thank you. Perfect, Lori. Thanks. Just yell at the end, okay, dear? Okay, thanks. Um, shut up. You know, <laughs> and I will. Um, I stayed present and I stayed off the phone. And yet I was at all my meetings. Thank God for Zoom. I was at all the meetings I usually am. In fact, I, I, I did even did an extra one on Thanksgiving. And um, and I did everything I needed to do. The, the nice, the gift was because we have different schedules. I'm a very early riser. And that's when I do my program work. I go to bed early and, and, and get up early. So I was up. I had a good, usually two hours in a quiet house. That was, I, I can't believe, like I didn't have anything I needed to do. If I'm at home, I have to force myself to sit down, do my program work and meditate before I'm, I'm clearing the dishwasher, right? Who, who gets up and has to clear the dishwasher? I know a lot of you do. Like I have to race there and clear that dishwasher, but I didn't have to do anything. So I got to sit and I, I'm working on some extra things. Um, you know, didn't that stuff from my childhood come back up <laughs> just kind of recently? That stuff comes back up. And because I'm abstinent, I can let it come back up because there's a message there. There's some kind of a message that I'm supposed to work on something one more time or in addition to what I've been working on this 19 years. And it's all for my good. This is for my good. This is my my emotional sobriety which is the most important thing of all because I'm abstinent. I'm also, I, I also try to be emotionally sober in all areas. I've walked through this work issue. Like today I got up and you know, I'm, it's like I had a pillowcase on my head cause I got, I had a very short, very intense sleep. And of course I wake up and I know all the stuff I have to do when I walk into work, but I, I just took my time at home. I took my time. And I made sure I was ready. I stopped and picked up lunch and I went into the office and started. And I, when I started to get anxious, I would just talk to God again. God, help me. What do I do next? What do I do next, God? I learned on Thanksgiving, this, this um, speaker I heard said, God, what is my next assignment? And I would, st I would sit and do it. By lunchtime, my head was clear and I still feel pretty good. I may just during the meeting lay down. I don't know. That may happen. I just lay down and go to sleep, but because I'm really going to be tired soon. But, you know, the gift of this is that um, I get to share with you and share my life. You know, a newcomer listening is like, what's this about food? Why is this about food? Well, this is all about it, right? My story can say, because I'm abstinent, I'm living life today. And now then fill in the blank because anything can happen. Anything can happen, and I'm I'm so grateful. My life today includes, um, you know, sponsorship. I have a sponsor that I work with. I call her once a week. Work with my sponsees. I have a food plan. She gets a ten step at the every night, except for last night. Okay, is that done? Okay, yes. ten step every night with my food for the next day. I don't have any plans to change any of that because it's working. So thanks, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Deborah, for asking me. I love you. <laughs> 